0: Let's play some football. Run right to the back of
1: him! Run right to
0: the middle and out the back!
2: What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome in to Daytime Fireworks Week One. We have finally made it. David Brandt, our good buddy from the Associated Press, is here with us. David, good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you? Got to see some real football over this past weekend. It was nice, even if it was just like a little appetizer.
2: Yeah, it was kind of like a you know like one of those little high school jamborees where everybody plays a quarter. <laughs> um, But it was good. I still sat in the basement until close to midnight watching everything unfold week zero. It was fun. Um, I am a resident sicko, though, so I I was I was pretty amped regardless of uh, the slate. I don't know if you were as well.
1: Well, I was having to cover a uh, Diamondbacks baseball game while I was doing it. But I had I had the uh, screens on my computer. I would I would in a wall in the action go to Hawaii and Vanderbilt and see what was happening after the rain finally stopped
2: it was uh it was a doozy uh the game was delayed because of lightning and uh rained off and on for most of that game and uh did you get a chance to see the uh suspended jumbotron that they have
1: (laughs) i don't think i saw that part no i was kind of in and out of that game what happened
2: so obviously they have both end zones are they're they're renovating the stadium, Um right. So both both end zones are open. The uh, let me let me let me think of a compass here in my head. The east side of the stadium uh, that faces Broadway is open, and uh, they have a uh, two cranes holding a jumbotron up. To oh, uh, okay. I did.
1: I wondered <laughs> what that games. was. I did kind of see that, but I was like, what is
2: going on? Yeah, so it was, um, it was, it was interesting for sure. Um, but yeah, Vandy looked good. Uh, Hawaii put up a fight though, Hawaii uh, made it interesting. Um, I, I do like what I saw from Vandy. Uh, Dorickey Wright had a couple picks, AJ Swan threw it to uh, Will Shepard quite a bit. And then uh, McGovern is is pretty electric for for Vandy. So I think I think they're going to scare some folks this year. Yeah,
1: no, I was kind of the same way. Um, you know, I, I think Hawaii is a, a decent team and throws it around. And at least defensively, they give you a challenge. And so the things you wanted to see, A.J. Swan was good. Will Shepard was good. Jaden McGowan caught some balls. I mean, they, they look like a, a solid SEC team. So – I know that game got kind of close at the end, but like you said, there was weather, and it was just kind of a weird mm-hmm. night generally. So, yeah, I mean, if if all I'm saying, if it's Vanderbilt's
2: one of the worst teams in the conference, the conference is going to be pretty good. SC, San Jose State, probably outside of Notre Dame Navy, was the marquee matchup of uh, the slate. And <laughs> stop me if you've heard this before, David, but uh, SC... Couldn't stop a nosebleed. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think the big thing for me, I just wanted to see Caleb Williams and he did what he uh, did, what he does. So uh, the the Heisman thing is back is continues for him. I, I think they're good, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, not going to win Alex a lot Krench of games. Alex Grinch has got to figure something out. Ten to because, nothing. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, it's, you know. I, I was listening to uh, uh, a good friend, a friend of the program, actually, Stephen Hartzell over at College Sports Now, and he had uh, Roddy White on. They were talking – recapping week zero, talking week one. And um, – or Roddy Jones, not Roddy White. Roddy White plays receiver. Roddy Jones was a uh, running back at Georgia Tech. Um, but he was talking about how their defense was so bad last year and looking at who they played. I mean, they were in the hundreds in defense and the offenses they played weren't great. So I I just, it's not very respectable when, even though it'd be one thing if you finished in the hundreds and you were playing a bunch of really good offenses week in, week out, but, but SC did. Um, right. It still blows my mind that they are not able to be better with all that talent that's that's the big thing i bear alexander did did pop up here and there um he made some plays the, the transfer from georgia um but yeah they just got to figure out a way to to, to slow people down because that's gonna a lot of caleb williams in that offense to do that week in week out but they did last yeah year. i mean i
1: Right. I mean, you know, uh, I, I think Caleb Williams and them are more than capable of carrying that offense pass. But but you're right, you're making it tough on the you're making it so that there's one or two games during the season where you get in a shootout and things don't go well because that's that's just how it goes. I mean, if you play with fire long enough, you'll get burned at some point and giving up four hundred yards to San Jose State and twenty-one to fourteen at halftime, that's that's just you know, it, it's not the end of the world, but I agree with you that that side of the ball has got to get addressed. Otherwise, this isn't going to be the mm-hmm. dream season they want to have.
2: So let's move on to week one. Obviously, Ole Miss opens with Mercer. Mercer, who were victors in week zero, 17-7 over North Alabama. I, I'll, I'll be honest, David, I tried to watch it and just could not do it. <laughs> I tried. I put it on like the third TV just to get a glimpse of what the bears look like. And it was, it was bad. Um,
1: that's okay. You get to keep your college football. Uh,
2: yeah, that's true. Um, we, we don't got to get into the minutia of this one. I mean, what's, what are the big things that you're looking for in this game for Ole Miss is they look to get to one and zero, and then look ahead to a big week two matchup in New Orleans uh, at Yulman stadium. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, you just want to see him take care of business and look good. I want to see Jackson dart look comfortable, um, in his second season. I want quench Judkins Jenkins to get out of there healthy. I want, um, you know, just offensively to look like you've taken a step and that generally they shake it off. And this goes for the whole team too. that malaise of, you know, the end of last season. Um, and, and then on defense, you just want to see them flying around and making plays, and I, I know that's all cliche, but in a game like this, like,
2: you just want to see that everything is it's okay. I think if you're an Ole Miss fan, you want it to be more central Arkansas than Troy. Now, Troy, better than Mercer. They were a good team last year. Ole Miss – Yeah, Troy ended up being pretty good. Honestly, it was probably one of Ole Miss' better wins. In 2022 um right but yeah you, you beat troy 28 10 they take care of business dart throws for 154 zach evans ran for 130 you want it to be more central arkansas 59 to 3 handle business not even remotely close or you know a worry at all but like you said get in and out healthy and prepare for week two um the big thing for me, I want to see what the offense looks like. How different is it going to look? I, I do anticipate a little bit of a kind of a revert back to twenty twenty when Kiffin first got there. They had Kenny Yaboa, They incorporated the tight end a lot. I expect that more this year with Caden Priestcorn and, um, mm-hmm. you know, what's what's Michael Trigg gonna gonna give you? Is he gonna put the big boy pants on and play, or is he gonna pout and and? and wine on the sidelines, um, you know, you need to, if you're Ole Miss, you, you got to figure out a way to make them happy. You got to have them both because I do think that offense is incredibly dynamic and will put people in a bind. If you have a classic NFL tight end, like freeze Korn and then a hybrid, you know, new wave guy like Michael Trigg, who can, you know, basically a big receiver, um, you know what you're going to get with Quinchon Judkins. He's going to run the football. He's going to run the football hard. And then I want to see, you know, Ulysses Bentley. 100%. He's healthy. The wrist is good. And then they go and get Jam Griffin from Oregon State. So, Judkins has some help. It's not going to be all him. He's not going to have to run it 35 times every game. Um, and then lastly, obviously, David, the, the the big thing. I think the the key piece for this Ole Miss team to get in that 9-3 and three, range Pete Golding in that defense how are they going to look how physical can they be in the front seven how dynamic is that secondary with all the new additions it, it's a lot of new faces but a lot of experience and I think that this is where the rubber meets the road in 2023 is with Pete Golding and a different scheme but personnel wise I think they're going to put a lot of guys in position to really make plays.
1: Yeah, and absolutely and I, I think you're absolutely right that I mean we saw what a team with, you know, a great running game last year, a pretty good passing game. Like, but they were, you know, it wasn't all a defensive problem. But, you know, you're just you're capping what you can do that year. Kind of like a USC if you can't get your defense under control. I mean, we've seen, we've watched enough football over the years that we've seen dozens and dozens of teams with awesome offenses but they couldn't stop anybody and they're fun to watch but they go like nine and three or eight and four every year because they just you can't be bad on that side of the ball and expect to have a championship caliber season it just doesn't happen I mean you even like you said with Alabama last year Bryce Young bailed them out so many times and they they were fun to watch but that wasn't a championship Mm -hmm. team I mean you've just you've got to be able to stop some people on that you don't have to be perfect but you have to be able to you know cause some havoc on that side of the ball and I, and I agree that that's kind of because I, I think with Lane Kiffin you feel pretty good about the offense at this point in some way yeah. somehow they're going to move the ball whether Jackson Dart's going to move the ball Quinshawn Judkins, like you said Ulysses Bentley I mean they've got running backs for days they will move the ball I mean it. it I, I think that now in year four we've reached the point with Kiffin the offense is going to be pretty good. It's the defense, it's Pete Golding that is the difference between you just having a very good year again and being an eight-win team to maybe winning nine or ten and, and making some national noise. So, yeah, I want mm-hmm. to see that too. And and like you said, it is kind of a good mix of, you know, a lot of uh, – some holdovers, especially in that that secondary, but,
2: but also some new guys, some new talent. One of the new guys that I'm excited to see, and a lot of people are, for good reason, Aiden Williams, the true freshman from Ridgeland, he uh, has been the talk of camp. He seems to be ready to take over that number one jersey and to really put it on the map as Jonathan Mingo, Laquan Treadwell, A.J. Brown, everybody did before him. I really hope that this game gets in control early. And then whether that's Spencer Sanders or Walker Howard, whoever comes in, when Ole Miss brings the backups in, I really hope we get to see a lot of Aiden Williams. I hope this is kind of reminiscent of Laquan Treadwell's first game at Dandy where he had nine receptions where they were just trying to get him the ball because I just selfishly just want to see him cook. I just want to see what he can do. Um, oh, sure. Deep, yeah,
1: absolutely. Deep, and, deep, and like you said, you, you want to have control of the game early enough that you can do whatever you want as far as that goes.
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, just let, let everybody play. Let everybody have fun. Get up, you know, four scores, and you know, get Jackson Dart out of the game, get Quinshawn Judkins out of the game, and uh, and just let everybody else get out there and have fun. But I, I think, for me, defensively, as a new guy that I'm excited to see, obviously, um, it's it's Sunterian Perkins. I mean, he's the five star plus signee, in state guy, a lot of hype. They fought. Alabama for him. The the story about Pete Golding and him is fascinating. How um Pete Golding was having to kind of tiptoe over the line on he really wanted to sign him when he was on staff at Alabama, but then he was like, hey man, you 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 go where your heart tells you to go. It'll all work out in the end. And it did because he ended up at Ole Miss and now he gets to coach him. Um I'm excited to see him. I know um it's I I would say Aiden Williams as a true freshman is probably a little bit ahead of him. Um, different position. Obviously, it's hard to compare wide receiver to, to linebacker because I think wide receiver is probably one of the easier positions to pick up quickly. Linebacker is a lot. Pete Golden has yeah, well, a lot of his linebackers.
1: Yeah, and it's just easier to stand out more quickly. Like, the thing about the linebacker position is, it first off, yeah, you want to make some big plays, but are you in the correct position? <laughs> are you, there, there's a lot more, like you said, there's a lot more technical – especially the Pete Golding defense. Like you said, he asked a lot of his linebackers.
2: It's funny talking about, you know, if, if Aiden Williams can match Laquan's first game as a true freshman, you know, (laughs) can Perkins do the same as I've kind of compared him to Tony Connor, um, which I I think Perkins probably ends up as a true linebacker uh, Mm -hmm. where where Connor was kind of a, you know, a hybrid safety. Um, yeah, Tony but, Connor know,
1: was so – man, you talk about one of those what could have been
2: I've always felt bad. Uh, that he was so good his first couple seasons. Oh, man. I mean, his first snap as a college player, he gets an interception. Um, yeah, <laughs> so just... Perkins Perkins might have to get a pick six to top that. That was that was pretty <laughs> awesome. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see them. And then, look, the the new faces on both sides of the ball. I mentioned pre-scoring at tied in. Trey Harris seems to be the dude at wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has said that he's been kind of that go-to guy in camp for Jackson Dart. To me, he looks bigger. He looks.
1: Yeah. I was about to say he's, he's listed at 6'2, two Oh five. And I saw pictures of him too. He looks even that's bigger pretty,
2: than that. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a pretty svelte two Oh five. He looks a lot more filled out. He looks a lot thicker than he was at Louisiana tech. Um, because the offense has so much potential because you've got Judkins. The offensive line brings back four starters, and then they bring in some power five guys with experience and Victor Kern um, and Quincy McGee from UAB. But I think at the skill position is where it gets really fun because Zakari Franklin's not back yet. He's still recovering from that knee scope. Kiffin doesn't seem worried. I think right now it's just a you know, hey, you don't need to play against Mercer. Um, sure, but you've got two dynamic transfer receivers coming in, and you've got Jordan Watkins who's back, Dayton Wade's back, Jalen Knox is 100. percent They've been waiting on him. He's you know the, the transfer from Missouri was a very productive wideout for Eli Drinkwitz. He's now a full go. And then mm-hmm. what are the what are the redshirt guys going to give you? What's Braylon Brown going to give you? Braylon Brown was a highly touted guy. He's still yet to reach that potential or even come close to broaching that topic. And then what about Larry Simmons, Jeremiah Dillon, all these wideouts, J.J. Henry, you know, they're they're going to need I'm
1: I'm, I'm actually looking at the list right
2: now, and I'm just like,
1: man, that's a lot of dudes to, you know, to keep happy, but also a lot of options if an injury or two hits. I mean, I I think they're – at least in those positions position pretty well to weather it if they need to.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, this is kind of the, the norm now with the transfer portal is, you know, who are the new guys and what are they going to bring? Um, defensively? I mean, it's everybody. I, I think the big thing on defense, Joshua Harris and Steven Wynn in the middle are going to really free up JJ Pegues to be kind of who he should be. Uh, he's not, you know, He's not a true edge guy, but I do think he will be much more comfortable playing off the center and being able to use his quickness to to make plays. Cause last year he was he was kind of the guy that was asked to, you know, demand a double team. But also, hey, we need you to beat a double team. We need you to stay out there the whole game. Now they've got two big, big, big physical guys that have played a lot of football that can take on that burden and let him Use his skill set because I, look, I, Randall Joyner says he's the most athletic guy on the team. That he's the best athlete. I think he's going to have a big year. And then on the outside, you've got Cedric Johnson, who's healthy, and then Jared Ivy started out a little slow last year. Had some big plays, had some big moments. Uh, the Kentucky game comes to mind. I think he takes a big step. And um, and then yeah, I mean you've got Isaac Ukwu from James Madison. I think that uh, he is definitely a candidate to be a leader on this defense and then I mean the rest of the the rest of the defense a lot of new faces Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste and Monty Montgomery at linebacker you've got T.J. Dudley and then I mean David we could do a whole show about the secondary and all the new faces there yeah
1: no it's and you look and you just look down this line and it's senior junior senior 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 you know what I mean and, and I know a lot of those guys are new as far as they've come into the program but there's guys that played a lot of football and, and I, again, you've got to get them to mesh together a little bit, but I I don't think you're going to get a lot of wide eyed guys out there. And I I think that's, that bodes well, but I, you, you mentioned Josh Harris and that's a guy that I was kind of had my eye on too, just because when you've got a guy at that kind of nose tacklish type position that can just create havoc, you know, just a pain, Like, those guys can be really, really valuable in opening up some things for guys like a Cedric Johnson or a J.J. Padiste.
2: Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30 percent? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. The secondary is where I think it gets fun, David. They bring in a bunch of all-conference performers. Deshaun Gaddy is the highest-rated corner in the country per per pro football focus. Then you've got Chris Graves from Miami, who didn't play a lot at Miami, but he's a four-star guy that has a ton of intrigue. He is now on the roster. They're not sure how much they're going to get from him in week one because he's literally just got there. But um, Mm -hmm. he's a guy that can really play. And then John Saunders, Zamari Walton, Dejon Anthony, tons of experience. Oh, that's the big thing for me. And I've said experience probably 12 times already on the show, but it's just a lot of mileage on that defense. And it's not it's, it's it's a different, it's a different monster when you've got, you know, the Alabamas and Georgias, where they have the 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 five star guys that play immediately that are 17, 18 years old. These are grown men. Mm-hmm. These are 20, 21-year-olds that have been around the block. And, oh, by the way, you're bringing back your starting corner and DeAndre Prince, who I expect to have a big – I mean, this is his draft year. He's going to be showing out. Um, so, I'm excited for what Pete Golding and that defense looks like. I'm I'm going to be dialed in when the defense is on the field on Saturday. I want to see what they what they bring to the table. They're probably not going to show a lot week one because it's Mercer. You hope that they don't need to. You know, I was about um, to say, if they have to show a lot, it's going to be an issue. <laughs> Probably going to be a lot of base and, you know, maybe not a lot of blitzing. Maybe maybe they'll hold the blitzes, nothing too exotic there in those packages. But I, I, that's, my, that's my big thing for this season to go the way Ole Miss fans want it to go is Pete Golding's got to really knock it out of the park.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the good thing, the thing that gives me hope for that side of the ball too is like you talked about as we go through all these positions – you know, there's a lot of experience and there's just a lot of bodies like, and I, you know, guys too deep, basically at every position of options, there's not any one position where you're like, Oh gosh, I hope that comes together. Or we're, we're, you know, Ole Miss is really hoping that, uh, you know, a Juco transfer or, or, you know, kind of a patchwork solution helps there. I don't, I don't see a lot of those. Maybe, maybe we've just skipped over them, but for the most part, you kind of, understand what they're going to do at every position, and they should feel good about it.
2: Yeah. Speaking of feeling good about, let's go ahead and look at the slate for week one. Finally got a full slate of games starting on. It's funny looking at ESPN's website. They lump in Saturday into this one. So basically there is no week zero per ESPN. But Thursday, we get things kicked off. Uh, we're not going to do every game. We're just going to hit the big ones in the SEC. The one that I'm I expecting to,
1: if we don't have a 20 minute breakdown of South Dakota Missouri, I'm not doing okay. this show anymore. I'm sorry. Come on now. I thought you were going to say
2: Elon <laughs> and Wake Forest. Um, well so. that too. <laughs> um yeah, the Phoenix going to the dash, that's a big one. Um no Sam Hartman to bail out the Deeks there, so watch your ass up there. Uh, but <laughs> Let's let's get into it. Seven o'clock, ESPN, Florida at Utah. Rice Eccles is going to be an absolute zoo. I think this one's been circled for a long time. Kyle Whittingham, probably uh, wanted, he won't admit it, but that entire team is amped. That's probably the biggest thing, in my opinion, for Utah. They got to get the emotions in check early because I think this is a this is a big win for the Utes. I don't think Florida is very good, and I think Utah with Cam Rising back and just that revenge edge factor here. I think the Utes' role, what do you think about the Gators traveling over to Utah?
1: I'm the same way. I, I haven't totally bought into the hype that Florida's going to be terrible or anything, but that's a tough opening game. Utah's good. Utah's experienced. Got good coaching, a good quarterback. That place, like you said, is going to be rowdy. I, I think they will keep their emotions in check. What's the line on that game? I was more...
2: It is six and a half. The Utes are giving six and a half.
1: Gosh, I think I'd still take the Utes to
2: I was literally do just better than to, that.
1: Trying I to mean, wrap I, my I brain
2: around how in the world does Florida cover that.
1: I would take the Utes up to about ten.
2: Yeah, I think that line's free money. Um uh, I I just don't I just don't see it. Like if Anthony Richardson was there, maybe. Right. I mean, but, like, I mean he, you know, I, he played the game of his life last year. And then Cam Rising exactly. probably made the worst throw
1: in Gainesville. Either. Right. Yeah. yeah. They played that game in Gainesville and they barely won because Anthony Richardson played out of his mind. And, you know, that's why he's the Colts starting quarterback now. What are the reasons? So, yeah. But yeah, I think that you switch that location. You put in even more. You know, I think Utah is more confident in itself. I think Florida's trying to feel itself. Yeah, six and a half feels. you know, <clears> famous <throat> last words by David Brandt. This is not don't, – don't go on my betting advice. But, yeah, yeah. I, I'm feeling Utah pretty big there.
2: All right, moving over to Saturday. We're not going to mess with Friday or the rest of the Thursday slate. Friday, 11 a.m. in Nashville, right down the road from me at Nissan Stadium, which, by the way, David, did you see that they have new turf at Nissan Stadium? I did not. Is it like natural grass or like turf, turf? No. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, I guess the surface is, I guess they call it like natural turf or, um, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Not grass. It's turf, which to me, turf ain't ain't cheap. And they're about to build a, you know, billion dollar stadium or whatever it is. And they're putting new turf in the place that they're going to get rid of. I don't know. Anyway. Um, hell they probably had to because the grass was probably just eaten up from Beyonce and Taylor Swift performing there all summer um,
1: <laughs> just been a mud
2: pit yeah uh, 28 is the line here in favor of the balls a lot of points i uh, I, I, I i know it's like supposed them. to be
1: pretty bad but yeah like, i don't i don't know enough about virginia to make a that's one of those kind of dangerous ones because Virginia, it's like, yeah, they're supposed to be bad, but I don't I don't know that. <laughs> like from it's right. not like I have a lot of great intel on the Cavaliers, and they are a power five team, barely. But
2: yeah, it's year two of Tony Elliott. They went three and seven a year ago. That cupboard is this Bronco Mendenhall players are mostly gone at this point. I man, I wanna lay them, but that's a lot in week one but in Tennessee there I'm okay with taking Tennessee there yeah I probably would um yeah I mean you're in the state of Tennessee there's gonna I mean that place is gonna be completely orange oh it's gonna be huge yeah um now and, and I'm talking like the 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 gaudy you know get up on Sunday morning to go shoot a deer orange not the not the Cavalier orange um Yeah, I'd probably take the balls here. Heupel is going to want to make a – he's going to want to make a statement. Right, and it's a power five team.
1: You know, like you're not beating up on the little guys or anything like that.
2: Yeah, I'd imagine they're going to try to really pour it on. Yeah, I'd probably lay them here. I mean, I don't think that's too crazy. I mean, it's just four touchdowns. Yeah, 49 to 17. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they might might put a 50-burger up. Um, I'm really intrigued to see what that defense looks like for Tennessee. They lost some key pieces last year. um that's that's Joe Milton in the defense. What are you gonna give me um, as far as Tennessee? because yeah. i'm 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 pretty high on the balls this year. I know that's that, that no, seems I think kinda... they're good. I think they're yeah. good it's, they
1: they wandered in the wilderness for a long long time but i think that's <laughs> they did. for most of my adulthood to be quite honest but they i think they are legitimately much to yeah. the uh, joy Last of year. my my cousin randy who probably will be at that game he is uh he is very much happy that the the balls have gotten back on track
2: yeah, last year was was feels like ninety eight territory. For a moment, it looked like they were getting into the playoff, and then obviously Hinton Hooker got got hurt. But people right. forget before the injury, South Carolina was taking them out back and putting it on them. Um, right. But yeah, but I, I think that's I
1: but that's more to me. That's more of like how good South Carolina can be than any like huge. Yeah, I Tennessee. agree. Well, yeah, We've always, was, we always uh, we are friends of the Gamecocks on this show. We we are both yes. high on South Carolina.
2: Yeah, I mean that was. I mean, if you've seen the the Johnny the Johnny football documentary, when Cliff Kingsbury talks about it after their first game against Florida, and he said, "I should have just let him do his thing. I should have just let him loose," and that's what they did the rest of the year. I think that's what happened in that game. I think South Carolina and Shane Beamer they were just like, "We just got to let Spencer Rattler just let him spin." Right.
1: We've got a big-time quarterback. Let's let him big-time it. Like, sometimes yeah. you just got to let guys make
2: plays. I agree. Brief detour out of the SEC here. Colorado, TCU. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this one. I think TCU puts it on them in this game.
1: I think so, too. I I, I can't help but go back. When when I think of Deion Sanders, I, I think of – and this is a little different situation, but I think of J Hop's who was, you know, an assistant at all. But, but anyway, he was the coach at Alcorn for a couple of years. Absolutely destroyed that conference for a couple of years. I don't think they lost a co- a conference game. And then he gets hired yeah. by Southern Miss. And they, he was okay at Southern Miss. And so there was some tough, you know, I'm not, Jay Hobson's a decent football coach, but it's just, you know, the swack is its own animal for better or for worse in a lot of different ways. So right. I, I think that it's just going to be different at Colorado. And I'll be really interested to see how Deion Sanders does, especially could considering that in, I guess the entire roster is pretty close to new.
2: I mean, they had 50-plus transfers. Uh, right. That's why
1: I remember reading about that.
2: It's not going to be kind to him, I'm afraid. I, and I love – I love Boulder. I'm a big Buffs fan guy like i man i i grew up watching them in the in the 90s i mean i was still pretty young but i remember when they were a big deal when they were in the big 12 and and they were a lot of fun
1: and i think dion could have the chops to you know build that roster and eventually become something there but i i just don't think you're gonna waltz into colorado and just start smacking around tcu i just i don't think that's gonna happen
2: where does that place rank on your list of toughest jobs Colorado, I mean, it's a hard job in, in the Power Five. It's it's up there. I mean, Mike um, McIntyre won double-digit games there once, right? And, and, and like you
1: talk, and, and in a recruiting sense, like all that stuff's ancient history. <laughs> like I mean, you know, oh, yes. Colorado hasn't been good, generally speaking, in a, in a generation, at least, maybe a generation and a half.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it's been. I'm not even going to try to do the math, but uh, I mean, Bill McCartney got him to a national yeah. title, and then I mean, outside In of 90, that,
1: was it that or '91,
2: '89, '90? Yeah, it was 1990. So right. Because they the, were they were really I wore good. My at that T-shirt same time, Washington yesterday was really good. Yeah, with Marques Tuiasosopo. Yeah.
1: I'm looking at power uh, five jobs. I think Boston College is a really hard job.
2: Yeah. I...
1: Virginia's tough.
2: Yeah. I've been impressed
1: with how how consistently decent Wake Forest has been over the years. I don't think that's a
2: super Dave, easy job. Dave Lawson, man. Yeah, I mean, he – where else am I looking? This is a tough job. Sorry. Yeah, here's another one for you that I don't think – people talk about it enough texas is a hard job oh the texas two... is a
1: hard job just for different reasons i mean like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah absolutely texas is a real texas is a hard job for the same reason that some of those like
2: florida's a tougher That's job than i think exactly i was not... gonna say the two the two big brands that are hard it's texas and florida because the people are so right. unreal because they
1: expect right they expect just so much and it just you know and 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 neither program, especially Texas over the last little bit, has you know just struggled to be what it should be. But there's so many, you know, as much as many resources as they have and all those different things, there's a lot of schools around them that are also have a lot of resources. And also, you know, Florida has Florida State and Miami and all and Georgia for that matter, and all those different things. Mm-hmm. Texas has Texas AM and Oklahoma. I mean, it's yes, they are marquee jobs, but you're you're still fighting for resources with a lot of other really good programs.
2: All right, going back to the SEC here. Saturday, we've got Kentucky Ball State. Kentucky's going to roll in that one. Um, Arkansas so. Western. Arkansas Western Carolina. I expect a, a Razorback win there. We already talked Ole Miss. Um, let's move on down. Auburn UMass. I'm gonna have some. Didn't UMass get a one. big win? They Didn't did. not UMass beat New Mexico State or
1: something? I saw that first. They did. First road win and like
2: beat them by like eleven four years
1: or something. I know you did, and nobody walks into Las Cruces like that.
2: <laughs> um, this one's interesting because the line is 35, which is a lot. Oh, that's a lot. I mean, Hugh and, Freeze is going to want to make a statement. I agree with that, but. Absolutely. I so know. yeah, shout out, shout out to my boy, JT. He he's, he's right there with you. He said that this is the game that Hugh freeze knows that he can win and win handily. And he's going to want to impress the boosters and get everybody fired up down there on the planes with a big blowout win to start the season. But right. If you're going to do a blowout, you got to have a quarterback that can score. <laughs> I was down about
1: down. to say, I don't know if they have the, the personnel to do the blowout that Hugh Freeze would like.
2: Peyton Thorne, former quarterback, Michigan State. What's he going to look like in this offense? I was shocked that he actually picked Peyton Thorne. His hand might have been forced because I don't know if Robbie Ashford is good enough yet, but he fits what Freeze likes to do better than Thorne. Thorne was okay up at East Lansing. He averaged a little over 200 a game through the air, but – Auburn doesn't have a Keon Coleman to throw it to. So where are the points coming from? Like, I I feel like Freeze is going to really want to throw it, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do it and score that much. So this might end up being a UMass cover because I think they're going to lean on the run game. And, you know, it's really going to be – in my opinion, you're probably – going to get a lot of the run game featured in this one and it's just going to be you know like a like a 40 to 17 win i like jarquez hunter i I think he's a really good running back i think they're going to be just fine um running the football and he might have to run it a lot more than he would like um but yeah i maybe this is a hot take i I like umass to cover because 35 is just a lot i don't care that's a lot i don't think that's
1: a hot take yeah, that's a that that's a lot of points, even for, yeah. a you know, an established program. And right now Auburn's still trying to feel itself. And I do think you could find a situation where Auburn, like you said, Freeze likes to open it up. They try to open it up. It doesn't go well the first couple series. And then maybe yeah. UMass scores, and then you get on the r- ground, and, you know, and, and you still pull it out pretty easily. But I can see this being a 35-10, 35-13, you know, something like that.
2: Yeah, we're not going to gonna look at the rest of the SEC. They're all non-con sleepers. We are going to talk about two more SEC games before we close up shop here. 630 ABC, number 21, North Carolina, South Carolina at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. The rivalry has been renewed. Um, That's good stuff right there. This is probably like, what, like the third or fourth time they've played in the last couple of years um, after going a long time without playing. UNC minus two and a half here. I think I know where you're going because we just kind of gave it a, gave it away a couple minutes ago. I like the Gamecocks here. I, I think Drake may is going to make things interesting. This could get into a, a big shootout type type game here because. Yeah.
1: I this mean, is what I was about to say. Two really good quarterbacks. Like this yeah. is fun. That's I, I hope this game goes out. Like I think it will. Cause that's, you know, Prince of Rattler, Drake May, you know, like you said in Charlotte. I think I think this could be a very, you know, not the Red River rivalry or anything
2: like that, but but a a very good regional rivalry. The total is sixty four and a half. That could very easily get north of that really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I can see this being easily a thirty eight to thirty five game, something like that. Yeah. That's what that's that's what you want week one. At least I do. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoysa fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at BluffCityAdvisory.com.
3: code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network It's concert season and concert season is all about the boots Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking He should have gone with Takovas the, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with UFI Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast
0: Network.
1: I like the over, and I like South Carolina to win that game. But North Carolina, again... You know, when you get outside of the SEC, I just – I know North Carolina is supposed to be good. I've seen highlights of Drake May. I really like him. But you just don't know how that roster stacks up. But I, this is a this is a big moment for Shane Beamer and South Carolina, and I, I think they'll rise to the occasion.
2: Yeah, big year for them. They've got a ton of buzz and momentum on the recruiting trail and a ton of buzz for this year, rightfully so, after um, a big year last year. Um, uh, I'm I'm excited for the Gamecocks. I think they're a sneaky team in the East, uh, especially if Tennessee stumbles out of the blocks with Joe Milton. Last SEC game that we're going to touch on before we uh, we throw out any games that we like outside of the SEC, LSU, Florida State, Camping World in Orlando. Sunday Ooh. night. Yep, yeah, LSU, Ooh, minus, two minus, LSU two minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. Okay. Yeah, so here's that's, my a, deal.
1: that's about what
2: I'd put. Yeah, let's hear your your take. Okay. So I personally think that Florida State's gonna be the real deal this year. I still don't know how they talked Jared Verse into coming back. I mean he was some people thought he was a top fifteen pick in the draft. Right. He's back yeah. to anchor that defense. I think uh, they they had some some head scratchers last year. They had some game, you know. They played Florida tight. Jordan Travis was was a lot of fun and was electric last year. I feel like Florida State could get them, but oh, th- I do too. This, for some reason, this just feels like a game that like Brian Kelly figures out a way to win it late. But I probably mm, – you know what? I'm, I'm going to take – I'm taking the upset. I'm taking Florida State.
1: I like LSU to pull it out, but I – I you you give a convincing argument. I can see it working out the way you want to. LSU for me is so different to talk about now under Brian Kelly than under Les Miles and Ed Orson. Right. Because they just felt like much more of a loose cannon with those two for, for better or for worse. I mean, you know, obviously there were some great moments with both those guys, but you just always felt like there was also an implosion waiting to happen occasionally. I I think with Brian Kelly, there's a little more of, you know, what you're getting. And I I think Jaden Daniels is going to come out quickly. I I think they're going to be good. And I think Florida state as talented as as they are and they are, but I, I think they're still trying to find themselves as maybe one of the nation's elite. I I actually like LSU by about a touchdown, you know, so I think it's going to be a good game, probably, you know, decidedly, but I I think LSU is going to win 31, 24.
2: Yeah. I, for me, this feels like a, like a 30, 27, 30, 26 win for Florida state. I think. I
1: And I can definitely see that happening.
2: I, I think LSU has a chance at the end. They got the ball. Um, I think the Knowles have just – I don't know if they're back, like, all the way back yet, but I like what Mike Norvell's done down there. And he's got an experienced no, t- quarterback that he trusts. It took him a minute, but he's got it going. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I – to me it comes down to, like, third and fourth down success rates. Florida State was really good a year ago. Um and what happens if LSU comes out slow? I mean, LSU – you remember the Ole Miss game last year. Ole Miss was in control. Goes up 17-3. to three. Right, and LSU yeah. was still kind of, you know, finding their footing. Um, it's in Florida, that place. That Ole Miss fans know how Camping World can get with Florida State fans in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I – the key for LSU is going to be defensively. They've got to get after Jordan Travis. Harold Perkins has got to have a big game. Um, Mason Smith is not playing in this game. Somebody else has got to step up on that, on that defensive line. Um, But I, Mike Norvell, that offense going up against LSU's defense is, is, is big for week one. That's to me, that's like the big money game there outside of Utah, Florida. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Knowles here. I like the upset pick here. Um, but I mean that line, two and a half. I mean, that's telling you that a lot of people aren't sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially since that game's in Orlando. I mean, you know, LSU will travel great down there too. It's not like it's all good yeah, yeah, yeah. but it'll that that's good stuff. And I that's that's close to a pick for me. I mean, I you know, I think LSU will pull that out, but yeah, I'm pretty wishy washy on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, it could get that that that's that could get squirrely for LSU. I mean, hell, last year was an instant classic. That game was awesome. Um, but I'm looking forward to uh, to week one. Uh, any other games that kind of have your attention in week one before we uh, before we get out of here? Let me look at the full slate. I was
1: I was zeroed in on the SEC games. Let's go through here. TCU Colorado, we talked about that. Iowa, Utah State's kind of interesting, but
2: Yeah. I'll give you Just because Utah State. Yeah, go ahead. I'll give you one while you're looking. Not calling an upset by any means. West Virginia Penn State could be could get a little silly. Ooh, that's I don't Yeah, that's a that's a good West, solid
1: week one game.
2: West Virginia's probably gonna be really bad. But Penn State's got a lot of hype this year. Preseason top 10. James Franklin, not hot seat, but I think some people are starting to grovel a little bit up there. Starting to get a little uneasy. Um, I think that one's going to be fun. Um, Another one that's on my list, Boise at Washington. The Huskies, are up there for me in terms of a team that I think can go the distance. I think they can make the college football playoff. I love what Kaelin DeBoer has done there. I think Michael Penix is my Heisman pick. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a sneaky spot for them to. You got to be focused for sixty minutes in that one because Boise is going to be better, um, and that's a that's a program that can typically make life miserable for you um, if you don't if you don't have all your All your uh, ducks in a row there.
1: Yeah, Boise's not going to come in there super wide-eyed or anything either. That's a program that's done a lot of things, and I I agree with you that they're kind of back on the rise. I I think – what's the line there?
2: That one is 14.5 to the Huskies. Over-under is 59.5. That's an interesting
1: line. Probably a good line because it makes me go, hmm. Yeah, uh, I was going to
2: say, I feel like a, I feel like a forty-one twenty game here.
1: Yeah, like, I, bet, I mean Washington should take care of business. It could be close in the yeah. first half, but yeah, I just don't, I don't see Boise being able to hang with that offense for no, four years. I, I, I think Washington just pulls away eventually, but, but yeah, that's an interesting game.
2: Yeah. All right, um, that is week one. Last thing for you, any kind of hot take looking ahead to week two for Tulane?
1: For Tulane? No, I don't. I want to see how everybody plays first off. But one thing I want to give my one West Coast plug. I'm going to be watching Tennessee, Virginia at nine in the morning here. (laughs) <laughs> After getting coffee, it's it's a wonderful thing. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to get up, get your coffee, watch a little college football at 9 a.m., watch a little NFL on Sundays at 10 a.m. Life's good. It's one of the perks of the West Coast.
2: That, that does have to be pretty great because normally I'm up at 6, 630 with my kids, so then I have, you know, I got to kill five hours before things get fired up. Right.
1: No, it's... It, it, those early Big Ten games come November, they're early. It's it's good stuff. It just it, – you know, Pac-12 after dark here is just Pac-12,
2: at least for one more year. Yeah, unfortunately. All right. That's David Brandt of the Associated Press, and that is going to do it on this edition of Daytime Fireworks. Week one, Ole Miss, Mercer, 1 p.m., Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. The season is finally here. I also want to remind you one thing that is also finally here, the Ole Miss collection at Homefield Apparel. That's homefieldapparel.com. If you haven't done so already, get over there, check out the collection. But before you hit the checkout button, put in promo code TOC23 for 15% off your first order. Make sure and go check them out. Also want to make sure that you know about College Corner in Oxford. They are – finally open and they are ready and waiting for you to come in and get your game day swag over on cisk avenue that's 825 Sisk avenue suite 105 in oxford go see the folks over there get everything you need for the grove and uh, beyond as 2023 season is finally here david if you don't have anything else we can go ahead and close up shop and uh keep preparing for Saturday. Well, i was about
1: to say Helping out your friends at Home Field, uh, if you remember, he wasn't in Oxford for long, but a guy named Dan Wykey, who now works for the LA Times, he covered oldness for uh, Rivals for a couple years in that 06, 07 era. Okay. Anyway, he sent me a text with a, uh, a Home Field shirt, actually, and it was a Tad Pad shirt. It looked oh, yeah. pretty awesome. I have yep. to admit, that shirt, that t-shirt was pretty dope. That <laughs> was yeah. so I was I I don't know about the rest of the, the apparel line, but that t-shirt looked like it was money. So anyway, you've got you've you've got people out in LA checking out home field stuff. So there you go.
2: Yeah. And you can get you a Tad Pad shirt before they do the throwback game in November. Oh,
1: that's so cool. I think that's a really cool did you see Andy Kennedy on uh Twitter did the clapping emoji for that and stuff like that? Like
2: oh, that's, the Tad
1: that's, that's Yeah, awesome. the Tad pad is the best worst. How am I trying to say this? is is a very <laughs> good bad stadium. If you understand what I'm trying to say, like right, they, covering games in there, like yes, it was crappy. the The seats were too close together. It was a weird shape. It looked like a space shuttle. There was a lot of crappiness with it. But it also, when you got that place packed, it was really loud, and it was a really yeah. hard place to play. Like that was a that was a really legitimate. And and I would dare say even maybe more so than the new place, a home court advantage in some ways, just for the, again, just sheer crowd noise kind of on top of you. It was kind of a cool place. So
2: I'm glad they're they're keeping it in the rotation. I'm trying to make sure that the powers that be know they got to bring the team down through the student section. I, I like that. You got to enter in through the uh, through the concourse, come down to the floor. That's what they get, and they got to do the streamers. They got to do the streamers from the rafters.
1: Oh my gosh! I still remember. There's this guy I don't know his name, but he was in the years I really covered the team pretty much every game. It was a student behind me, and he would just—he was so into it. He would slam the side of the, you know, he had these noisemakers. And after every game, Andy would just point to him. And he would point right back, like, this (laughs) This kid was into it, man. He was into it. So, I mean. Wherever you are, that guy is probably listening to podcasts like this, and he knows who he is. And he was Andy Kennedy's favorite fan for, like, three years.
2: Oh, yeah. He's probably got the noisemakers, and he's slapping his dashboard as he drives around listening to the show. I like it. Yeah. All right. It's David Brandt, again, of the Associated Press. We appreciate him joining, as he will do all season, every Tuesday. Week one is here. Make sure to stay locked in, omspirit.com. An affiliate of On3, we will have all the coverage, all the lead-ups to Saturday's kickoff, and we'll have more shows coming to you on the Talk of Champions podcast network, wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to check us out on YouTube as uh, we've got some things cooking for YouTube. So stay locked in there, subscribe, like, leave us a comment, all that good stuff. Five-star review, you know the deal. So, for David over there, I'm Zach. This has been Daytime Fireworks. Until next week, we're out of here.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery.